Chapter 13 The Day of Golden Opportunity The Holy Spirit saith today. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 7 The day of golden opportunity is today. Golden opportunities, opportunities of priceless worth, are open to every one of us today. But tomorrow has no sure promise for any one of us. The Holy Spirit saith today, and conscience also cries today, and the voice of reason, the voice of history, and the voice of experience unite in one loud chorus and shout, Today. Only the voices of apathy, laziness, and folly murmur tomorrow. The Holy Spirit is calling today. Men in their folly are forever saying tomorrow. When the frightful plague of frogs came upon Pharaoh and upon his people, in his terror Pharaoh sent for Moses and Aaron and said, Entreat Jehovah that he take away the frogs from me and from my people, and I will let the people go that they may sacrifice unto Jehovah. Exodus chapter 8 verse 8 Moses replied, Against what time shall I entreat for thee and for thy servants and for thy people that the frogs be destroyed from thee and thy houses and remain in the river only? Verse 9 One would naturally suppose Pharaoh would have answered at once, but Pharaoh, like many other kings, played the fool and answered, Against tomorrow. Verse 10 Men show a similar folly, and often a greater folly, today. When urged to forsake sin with its miseries, degradation, and perils, and turn to Christ with the joy and peace and ennobling of our character and security that He gives, they answer, Yes, I think I will. When? Oh, tomorrow. But the Holy Spirit saith, Today. A poor wretch came into my office one day. He had been drinking, and drinking had brought misery into his heart and ruin into his life. I asked, Will you quit drinking and turn to Jesus Christ? Oh, he exclaimed, there is nothing else that I can do, so I will. Will you do it now? He hung his head and murmured, Not now, tomorrow. But the Holy Spirit saith, Today. Tomorrow is the devil's day and the fool's day. Today is God's day and the wise man's day. I wish to give you some conclusive and unanswerable reasons why every man and woman in this auditorium who makes any pretense to intelligence and common sense should not only accept the Lord Jesus as his Lord and Savior, but should also accept him here before he leaves this building tonight, if he has not already done it. What I want to get is action, immediate action, intelligent and wise action. And the only action that is intelligent and wise for anyone who has not already accepted Jesus Christ is to accept Him right here, now. Resolutions to do the right thing and the wise thing at some indefinite time in the future are of no value whatever. God's time is now. The Holy Spirit saith, Today. The Lord Jesus brings peace. The first reason every man and woman in this auditorium who has not already accepted Jesus Christ should not only accept Him, but also accept Him now, is because the Lord Jesus brings peace to the tormenting conscience as soon as He is accepted. The really wise men will not only desire that peace, but also desire it just as soon as He can get it. Wherever there is sin, there will be an accusing conscience. 
and we know all have sinned. If any man has sinned and his conscience does not accuse him and torment him, he has sunk very low. There are, of course, different degrees of torment of conscience and different kinds of torment of conscience. With some the pain is sharp and piercing, and with some it is dull and grinding. But there is pain, there is unrest, there is no peace in the heart where sin has entered until that sin has been forgiven. But Jesus Christ gives peace to the most agonized conscience. Men and women have come to me in all degrees of misery over the memory of some sin that they have committed, and I have pointed them to the Lord Jesus. Everyone who has gone to Him has found rest. I can't imagine how many men and women have come to me who were driven to the verge of hopeless despair by the accusations of their conscience. They were contemplating self-destruction in the hope of thus getting away from their mental agony. But I led them to Jesus Christ, and now they have rest and the peace of God that passes all understanding. A young man came to me one Sunday morning in Chicago in awful agony. He had sinned grievously and was reaping the harvest. He was contemplating all sorts of mad recourses to escape the inevitable consequences of his sin. I pointed him to the Son of God, and he accepted him. Afterwards, he brought his companion in sin to me. She was fully determined to do a desperate deed that was likely to land her in prison or in the cemetery. I pleaded with her and pointed her to the real cure, the Savior. When she left me, she was still undecided as to what she would do. Afterwards, she decided, and she decided rightly. One night, a long time later, as I was going down the back steps of the Moody Church to the inquiry room, a young, happy-faced woman stopped me and said, I want to thank you for what you did for me and for my husband and my child. I did not recognize her for a moment, so she said, I am the young woman who came to you, and she explained the circumstances. She was the woman who had contemplated the destruction of her child and her own destruction for time and for eternity. But she had found peace in Jesus Christ. Men and women with tormenting consciences and with uneasy, restless hearts, there is rest for you in Jesus Christ. If you are wise, you will not only find rest, but you will also find it tonight. The Holy Spirit saith, Today. You need not spend even one more day or one more hour in the agony of your accusing, tormenting conscience. Jesus Christ brings joy unspeakable and full of glory. The second reason every man and woman in this auditorium who has not already accepted Jesus Christ should not only accept Him but also accept Him now is because Jesus Christ brings joy unspeakable and full of glory a joy to which the joy of this world is as nothing in comparison to everyone who accepts Him, as soon as they accept Him and confess Him. Any wise man will not only desire this joy, but also desire it at once. I, for one, not only wish the best I can get, but I wish it as quickly as I can get it. The joy that is in Jesus Christ is the very best joy one can get. There is not a particle of doubt about that. Ask anyone who has ever tried the world and has then tried Jesus Christ. You cannot find one single man or woman who has tried the joy that there is in Christ 
Anyone who has put his trust in him as his personal Savior and unreservedly surrendered to him as his Lord and Master, who will not tell you that the world has no joy for a moment comparable with that joy which is found in Jesus Christ. No matter how rare their opportunities may have been for enjoying the world, they will tell you, without the slightest hesitation, that the joy one finds in Christ is incomparably greater and finer and more satisfying than any joy the world can give. There are millions of witnesses to this fact, and their testimony is unanimous. I know the joy that comes from wealth. I know the joy that comes from the theater. I know the joy that comes from dances and the card table. I know the joy that comes from the racetrack and the wine supper, and so on to the end of the list of this world's joys. I know also the joy that comes from literature, art, music, science, philosophy, and travel. I know practically every joy that this world has to give. But I say to you tonight that the joy of all these put together is nothing compared to the joy unspeakable and full of glory that comes from a genuine acceptance of Jesus Christ as our Savior and a wholehearted surrender to Him as our Lord. There is joy in a constant and open confession of Him before the world and from receiving the Holy Spirit, whom He gives to those who do accept Him and surrender to Him. Men and women, if you wish to have the highest, deepest, purest, and most abounding joy, immeasurably the most satisfying joy that is to be known, not only in your future life, but also in this life now, come to Jesus Christ. Come tonight the Holy Spirit saith today. Jesus Christ brings deliverance from the power of sin. The third reason every man and woman in this auditorium who has not already accepted Jesus Christ should not only accept Him, but also accept Him tonight, is because Jesus Christ brings deliverance from the power of sin. Any wise man or woman not only wishes deliverance from the power of sin, but also wishes it as soon as he can get it. There is no other form of slavery known to man so degrading and so wretched as the slavery to sin. It'd be better, by far, to be the poor black slave of the most brutal black driver the South ever knew than to be the slave of rum, lust, bad temper, dope, impure imagination, greed for gold, or any other form of sin. Poor old Uncle Tom groaning in his cabin after the cruel blows of the brutal Simon Legree, is not as pitiful an object as a wretch, poor or rich, who is under the scourge of appetite, lust, dope, or any other sin. But there is freedom at hand right now. Jesus Christ sets men free from sin in all its forms. He sets men free who have been slaves for years. He sets them free in a moment. Any sinner here can find deliverance in Christ from any sin and can find it tonight. What Jesus said when he was here on earth is just as true today. Scripture Everyone that committeth sin is the slave of sin. John chapter 8, verse 34. But thank God it is also as true today as when he said, If therefore the Son shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. John chapter 8, verse 36. Any man or woman here who has a spark of intelligence will not only wish for deliverance from sin and its awful bondage, but will also wish for it at once. 
What would you have thought of any old-time black slave, of a violent, cruel master who had been offered freedom and answered, Yes, I wish for liberty. My bondage has been awful, but I don't want the freedom just yet. I will wait until next year. I will wait until next month. I will wait until next week. I will wait until tomorrow. You would exclaim, What a fool! But he would not be so colossal a fool as you are when you say, Yes, I do wish for deliverance from the power of sin, and then add, But not tonight, tomorrow. O men, listen. The Holy Spirit saith, Today. Jesus Christ brings beauty of character. The fourth reason every man and woman who has not already accepted Jesus Christ should not only accept him, but also accept him tonight, is because Jesus Christ brings beauty of character. And every wise man and woman will not only desire beauty of character, but also desire it just as soon as they can get it. I sometimes notice advertisements in the papers that I read, The Secret of Beauty. I can tell you the secret of beauty, men and women, the secret of permanent, indestructible beauty. It is Jesus Christ in the heart. He not only beautifies the face, He also beautifies the soul. He makes over the soul that trusts in Him into His own glorious likeness. I have seen some of the foulest men and women I ever knew made over into the fairest, and it was Jesus Christ who did it. Sam Hadley, of the Water Street Mission in New York, was the friend of all men who were down and out. He was always on the lookout for an opportunity to help some man who was about as bad as they make them get back on his feet and lead him to Christ to get the man saved. A man said to Mr. Hadley one day, I have a friend whom I wish you would take an interest in. Sam Hadley asked, Who is he? He is Bowery Ike. Well, said Hadley, what is he anyhow? The man replied, He is a crook. He makes his living by stealing and picking pockets and all that sort of thing. At present he is on Blackwell's Island, serving a term there. You can find him more easily now than usual. Sam Hadley went over to Blackwell's Island and found Bowery Ike, for he could not get away. He was behind bars. Bowery Ike had no use for Sam Hadley, except that when he got out, he came around to Sam to get a little money to get a new suit of clothes. But he was soon off to the island again. Every time he would come out of confinement, he would go around to see Hadley, but as soon as he got on his feet again, he would go back to his crooked work. Sam Hadley followed Bowery Ike for seven long years, and one day, at the end of the seventh year, Bowery Ike was thoroughly sick and tired of sin. This time, he not only came to Sam Hadley, but also came to Jesus Christ, too, and Jesus Christ opened his arms and took Bowery Ike in. After Bowery Ike had been saved for about a year, Sam wrote to me, saying, Mr. Torrey, I have a man who wants to study at your school. They used to call him Bowery Ike. His right name is Ira Snyder. We believe in him. He has been a tough customer. He has been a hard case. But he is saved, and we believe God wants to use him. Will you take him? Dear Sam, I replied, I will take anybody you recommend. He wrote back, I recommend him. Then I wrote, Send him on. And Bowery Ike, Ira Snyder, came. Listen, men, though that man had been a crook from his boyhood, 
for he commenced picking pockets when he was just a little lad, he became one of the most beautiful Christians I have ever met in all my life. And I say to you tonight that I have known thieves who have come to Christ, burglars who have come to Christ, train robbers and bank robbers who have come to Christ, harlots, murderers, and people guilty of every kind of crime I ever heard of who have come to Christ and have become some of the loveliest Christians I have ever known. Yes, some of the men and women who were once down in the deepest depths of sin. But to come back to Ira Snyder, Bowery Ike, he came to Chicago. He stayed with us about a year, a little over a year. One night he said to me, I want to walk home with you and have a little talk with you. On the way to my home, he said, I made a little visit down in New York a few weeks ago. I think they need me in New York. I have loved it in Chicago, and I would like to stay on, but I believe they need me in New York. I have written Mr. Hadley that I am ready to go back to New York and help in the work. A few days after this, Iris Snyder was taken down with influenza. A slight attack, not a very serious case, but he went to bed with it. They did not think he was very ill. But as I was leaving the dining table one night, the maid told me that Mr. Hunter, who was one of my assistants at that time, wished to see me. I met Mr. Hunter, and he said, Mr. Torrey, Iris Snyder is dead. I said, What, John? You don't mean Iris Snyder. We had another man at the Institute at the same time, whose name was much the same, who was very ill at that time, too. I thought Mr. Hunter must mean him. You don't mean Iris Snyder, I said. You must mean so-and-so, naming the other man. No, Mr. Hunter said. Mr. Torrey, Iris Snyder is dead. He died very suddenly about an hour ago. I asked, Where is he, John? He's over at the Undertaker's. They have prepared him for his burial and have placed him in his coffin. They are going to have the service tomorrow, and I thought I should come tell you tonight. That was right, John, I replied. Let's go over. We went to the Undertaker's, which was not far away, and walked into the parlor. And there, in a beautiful coffin, lay Ira Snyder. When I looked down into that face, one of the noblest faces I have ever looked into in my life, I will tell you what I did. I could not help it. I broke down, and leaning over I kissed Ira Snyder's beautiful face as he lay there in his coffin. Yes, friends, Bowery Ike had been a crook before he became a Christian. But by the power of Jesus Christ in his heart, he became one of the loveliest Christians I ever knew in my life. I don't think my heart ever ached over anybody outside my own family as it did over Iris Snyder. He was formerly a pickpocket, a burglar, and everything that was bad. But in his lost and ruined condition, he came to Christ, and the heart of Jesus was big enough to take him in. Jesus came into his heart and transformed him into his own likeness. The Lord Jesus is doing that sort of thing every day. The Lord Jesus is also taking others who are not as foul, who indeed the world thinks are fair, and he is making them immeasurably fairer. It is Jesus and Jesus only who makes truly lovely characters. Ah, men and women, don't you wish to be fair? Not only fair in the eyes of men, but also fair in the eyes of God. You could be. It is Jesus' work to make you so. Let him begin at once. Let him begin it tonight. 
the Holy Spirit saith today. What do you say? Tomorrow? No, not if you have a particle of sense left, and I believe you have. You will say tonight, right now. Jesus Christ fills our lives with highest usefulness. The fifth reason every man and woman in this auditorium who has not already accepted Jesus Christ should not only accept Him, but also accept Him tonight, is because Jesus Christ fills our lives with highest usefulness. And every wise man and every wise woman desires not only to be useful, but also to begin being useful as soon as possible. The Christian life is the only really useful life. We look at the life of many a one who was not a Christian and say, there is a useful life. But God looks at it and looks through it. He looks at it in all its bearings and writes this verdict upon it, useless. Whether you and I see it or not, the man or woman who is not with Christ is against him. Matthew chapter 12, verse 30. And the man who is against Jesus Christ is against God and against humanity. His life is useless and worse than useless. But the life that is fully surrendered to Jesus Christ becomes a useful life at once. It may be the mere wreck of a life, but it becomes a useful life at once. A friend of mine found one of the most hopeless wrecks of womanhood in New York City and brought her to Jesus Christ. I think this poor creature lived less than two years after her conversion, and many months of that time were spent upon a sickbed. But that woman was used for the eternal salvation of more than a hundred persons while she lay there dying. The story of the transformed life of the blue bird of Mulberry Bend has gone around the world and saved thousands come to Christ. Really, come to Him. He will make you useful. Come at once so your usefulness can begin at once. I am glad I came to the Lord Jesus when I did, but oh, if I had only come sooner. How many precious years were wasted! How many golden opportunities were lost! Opportunities that will never return. Come, men and women, come now. The Holy Spirit saith today. The sooner we come to Christ, the fuller and richer will be our eternity. The sixth reason every man and woman in this auditorium who has not already accepted Jesus Christ should not only accept Him, but also accept Him tonight, is because the sooner we come to Christ, the fuller and richer will be our eternity. The eternity of each one of us will be what we make it in this life. You are constructing your eternity every day. Every day of true service for Christ makes our reward so much the greater and our eternity so much the fuller and richer. Come to Christ next Sunday and you will be behind for all eternity by as much as you might have done this week. You may cry in coming years, Backward, turn backward, O time in thy flight, but time will not turn backward in its flight. Time cannot turn backward. Time is flying by every moment and never returns. Today is hurrying by at express speed. Tomorrow will soon follow. And as I turn around and peer after yesterday and today, as they plunge into the unfathomable depths of the past, I cry, Yesterday, where are you? Out from the fathomless abyss of bygone days comes the answer, Gone forever. And I hear the Holy Spirit crying, Today, today, 
today. The Holy Spirit saith today. If we do not come to Jesus Christ today, we may never come at all. One more reason that every man and woman in this auditorium who has not already accepted Jesus Christ should not only accept Him, but also accept Him tonight, is because if we do not come to Jesus Christ today, we may never come at all. That is not at all a remote possibility. Thousands and tens of thousands have been as near to an acceptance of Jesus Christ as you are tonight and have said, Not tonight but they have passed without Christ into that world in which there is no hope for repentance, no matter how diligently with tears we may seek it, into that world in which there is no opportunity to change our mind or our eternal destiny. A man came into one of our tents one night in Chicago. It was the first time he had ever been in a meeting of that kind in his life. The words of Mr. Shivaria, who spoke that night, made a deep impression upon him. After the meeting was over, he lingered with a friend and talked personally with Mr. Shivaria. His friend accepted Christ, and he was on the verge of accepting him also. Mr. Shivaria said to him, You will accept Jesus Christ right now. No, the man said. This is the first time in my life that I was ever in a meeting of this kind. I cannot decide tonight, but I promise you that I will come back Sunday night and accept Christ. It was Friday night and there was to be no meeting on Saturday. Mr. Shivaria replied that he did not question at all the honesty of his intention or the sincerity of his promise to return Sunday night and settle it, but he added, We have no guarantee whatever that you will live until Sunday night. Oh, the man said with a laugh, you don't suppose that God is going to cut me off after the first meeting of this kind that I ever attended in my life and not give me another opportunity? Mr. Shivaria replied, I do not know, but I do know you are taking a great risk in waiting until Sunday night. I greatly fear that if you do not accept Jesus Christ now, you will never accept Him and will be lost forever. No, the man said, I give you my word that I will be back here Sunday night and accept Christ. Mr. Shivaria continued to plead with him, but the man would not yield. He went out of the tent with his friend. They got into a carriage and turned toward home. And as they drove up the street, they passed a saloon. The man said to his friend, Let's stop and have one more drink, and then we will both swear off. No, said his friend, I have settled it already. I have accepted Christ, and I will never take another drink. Well, said the other, I'm going to have one more drink anyhow. You drive up the street and then come back for me. I will be waiting for you outside. He entered the saloon. His friend drove up the street, and after a few minutes, returned to pick up his friend. He was nowhere to be seen. He went into the saloon to look for him. He was not there. He went into the street again, and looked up and down for his friend, but he was nowhere in sight. Passing a high board fence, he heard a groan, and passing swiftly around behind it, he discovered his friend had been stabbed, and was lying with an awful gash in his body, unconscious and dying. He was taken to the Presbyterian Hospital and lived until Monday morning, but never regained consciousness and passed into eternity unsaved, lost forever. Why? Because when the Holy Spirit saith today, He said tomorrow. So He passed unprepared into the presence of God, and so will some of you, if you do not listen to the Holy Spirit tonight as He saith today.
One night, when I was preaching in Bradford, England, a man and his wife sat side by side in the meeting. They were deeply moved, but they made no decision and gave no sign. As they walked away from the meeting, the wife said to her husband, Wouldn't it have been nice if you and I both had risen tonight and gone forward together and accepted Christ? He answered, Yes, it would. They reached home and retired. About two o'clock the following morning, his wife awakened him and said, I feel so strange. In a few minutes from that time, she passed into eternity. After he had laid his wife's body away in the cemetery, he came back to the meeting, told us the story, and accepted Christ. But he came alone. O oh, men and women, listen. Don't you hear the Holy Spirit crying today? Many things besides death may make this the last opportunity you will ever have and will make a refusal tonight final and fatal. Loss of opportunity may come. The Holy Spirit is here in power now. It is a great opportunity, the day of golden opportunity. A similar opportunity may never come again. It never will come again for some of you. The Holy Spirit saith today. A hardened heart may seal your doom. When a human heart is moved upon by the Spirit of God, as some of your hearts are tonight, and the heart continues to resist the Holy Spirit, it is likely to become very soon hardened and hopeless. One night in our church in Chicago, after the meeting in which many had accepted Christ, I remained talking with a young man. He was under deep conviction, within one step of a decision. I urged upon him an immediate acceptance and confession of Christ. No, he said, I cannot do it tonight, but I will give you my word of honor that I will come back tomorrow night and do it. I told him I did not question his word or his intention, but I said, I have no guarantee whatever you will keep your word. I have a feeling in my heart that if you do not settle it tonight, you will never come back. Why, he replied, my mother is here every night. We live within a block of this place. I give you my word of honor I will come tomorrow night and settle it. Again, I said, I do not question your word, but the Spirit of God is working mightily with you tonight, and if you go out of here resisting the Spirit of God, I believe your heart will be so hardened that your eternal destiny will be sealed and you will never come back. No, he said, I cannot accept tonight but I will come tomorrow night and settle it. He walked away. I watched him with a heavy heart as he passed out of the door. I said to myself, he will never come back. And he never did. Quite a while later, I asked his mother about him, and she told me he had never come back into the church after that night. Men and women, listen. You cannot trifle with God. You cannot trifle with your own souls. You cannot trifle with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not only saying in our text, but He is also saying in your heart tonight, today, right now, accept Christ. Will you listen to the mighty, gracious Spirit of God? Will you do as He bids you? Will you listen right now and harden not your heart? Will you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior? Surrender to Him as your Lord and Master and begin to confess Him as such before the world. Will you be saved and get right with God here and now and receive the wonderful blessings that He gives and that He alone gives?